Do you see how tragic it is that we've turned the cross into a one-time event for believers? 98% of believers don't know that the cross is a meal that's meant to sustain you every single day of your Christian life. You're listening to the Braveheart Podcast. For more information about Braveheart Ministries, visit braveheartministries.org. Jesus, we love you this morning, and we thank you for uh, your mercies that are new every morning. Uh, God, and I ask that, uh, Lord, we would experience your mercies this morning, God, for this moment, for this day, Lord, that there's not mercy for tomorrow or yesterday, but today, uh, that you would bring us present uh, into this moment, Lord. I, I thank you that every thought, every worry, every concern would be quieted in your presence right now, Lord. Just declare your lordship over our hearts and over our minds. I thank you, Lord, that that no issue or concern or fear of ours uh, is outside of your, your care, your watch, your authority. And so, Lord, we submit it to you, God. Financial issues, health issues, relational issues, school issues, fears, worries, We just submit it all to you. We declare that you're Lord. We remind ourselves, we remind our souls that you're Lord of all. God, that we don't have to carry these things on ourselves, that we can cast these burdens upon you because you care for us. You care for us, Lord. I pray right now, grace, God, for every heart in this room, God, to come underneath your Lordship. Blessed are the people whose God is Lord. God, we come underneath your lordship, your authority as, as, as one who is love, as one who is righteousness, as one who is holiness. We come underneath who you are right now. And we ask that we would, we would be able to receive from your hand life and life abundantly. God, where the enemy has been harassing and trying to steal and kill and destroy, God, I'm asking for a divine flow of your life this morning. God, something fresh, something new, that the the glorious grace of God would be poured out in power upon hearts and minds, God, upon upon bodies, Lord. Even now, God, sickness and pain that's in this place, I command it to leave in Jesus' name. We thank you for your healing touch, your healing virtue to flow in this place, God. Just even that that pain in your side. I just ask, Lord, that you would just take it right now, whoever that is, just the pain in your side, that you would just breathe upon them. Connected to their breathing, Lord, you would just heal them right now in Jesus' name. God, come and teach us. You're the great teacher. You're the great teacher, Lord. You're, You're so amazing at showing us your heart, Lord. Out of the overflow of your heart, you spoke this word to us. And so, Lord, we... We come to your word today with humility, with like children, Lord. We come like children, not as experts, but we come as children. And we ask that we will be able to, to eat from your hand, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So when you read Romans 6 now, and even Romans 5, I want you to see 
that he's, he's unpacking the work of Jesus as Messiah, right? If we, if we were enemies with God, we were reconciled by the death of his son. So then you start to see, oh, wow, here, that was reconciliation. But how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved or sanctified by his life? So now you see his life over here is actually sanctifying you or continually saving you in his death in his death reconciled you. So he starts unpacking all the nuance for I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So he, Paul has attached his life to the complete work of Jesus so that he can live and walk like Jesus. Oh man. All right. So we're going to look at John six and you guys know John six about Jesus being the bread of life. Y'all know this, this story. Um, It's a teaching actually. Um, And I just want to unpack it very briefly. And I want to bring something to light uh, to you because that again, the end goal is that you experience God in relationship and in love. I want you to experience God. God wants you to experience God. Did you know that? God's intention is that you experience his love. He doesn't want you numb. He doesn't want you apathetic. Like, oh man, he loves you. Here's the thing. I I can, you can, mm, unbelief is so gnarly. And, And here's what happens. All of us, the temptation for all of us is to look at ourselves or look at our or circumstances or look at what someone did to us and we build a case that blinds us and numbs us to the love of God. It's why we don't feel. That's why the majority of this room didn't raise your hand is because there's some, some list, something inside of you where you see you more than you see Him. Okay? <clears throat> it's true. Because if you see Him, if you see Jesus in His love, what happens is you get overwhelmed by his presence and his love. <clears throat> I'm going to read this and then I want to, I want to bring this to light. Look in verse um, 35. I don't have time to do all of this. I may, I may do it later after the midterm. Look at verse 48. We'll start there actually. Jesus says, John chapter 6 verse 48. He says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. Jesus says of himself, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Now look at this. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is what? My flesh. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is is my flesh. This is a big statement. He's saying the life of the world is connected to my flesh. Okay? You guys know this, right? This is deep. He's saying my flesh that I will give is for the life of the world. We all want to experience life. If he has life and life abundant, what's it, what's it attached to? Biblically, it's attached to his flesh. Some of you are like, well, how come I'm not experiencing life and life abundant? The life that I will give for the world is my flesh. Okay? So, wow. So, that, what that should do to us is go, okay, well, how, how do I engage with your flesh, right? Does that, does that question pop up in your heart? How do I then 
if that's bread, if your flesh is bread, then how do I eat your flesh? Okay? This is more than taking communion. Communion is the physical representation of an internal reality that he's trying to bring us to here. Okay? And what I'm doing today is I'm highlighting and I'm putting a magnifying glass on the work of Jesus on the cross. If he talks about his flesh being given, what he says, I will give it. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. What's he talking about? His sacrifice. Why? Why would, he, why would his flesh being given for the life of the world, how would we know that that's talking about the cross? Because, guys, if this is poetic, if Jesus is poetic and this has nothing to do with our life, then let's just, let's just thank God that it's a nice little saying and... You know, let's pray in tongues and go on our way, right? But he's trying to instruct us. He's trying to help us experience the life that he has to give us. And we've got to like, we've got to dig deep. We need to know how to engage with this flesh. So he says, how do we know that, that, that bread and flesh is connected to his cross? Other than you know the end of the story, right? You know that he was, his body was broken. His flesh was ripped apart and in our minds, we know today, oh, wow, that's what he's talking about. Because his flesh wasn't broken until it was broken. And then when it was broken, it was a picture of, of his love, right? Greater man has no love than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. So he's, I, I want you to see this so importantly. He's referencing his flesh being given for the life of the world to this moment on the cross when he would be crucified and his body would be broken. In the upper room, he says, this, this is the blood of the new covenant. He's talking about covenant. He's talking about relationship. He's talking about marriage and love, right? This, this represents love. This represents uh, the Father's proposal to mankind. I don't know if you've ever seen it this way, but the cross is the, literally the Father getting on one knee, and he holds up his son, and he says, will you marry me? That, that's the clearest picture of the gospel, is the father so in love with the world, he gets down on one knee and he holds up his son naked, completely ripped apart on the cross, and he says, will you marry me? Will you marry me? I, I, I will be naked and unashamed before you ever say yes to me. When you're in the fullness of your rebellion, I'll hang on this cross and tell you, as a father who loves you, who was made for my family, will you marry me? Will you enter into covenant with me? That's the heart of the gospel. That's the, that's the leading foot of the gospel is the, the God of the universe so madly in love with the world that he gets down on one knee in humility and he holds up his son and he says, look, look, will you marry me? Will you come and be in covenant with me? That, that's the gospel. If you're going to go preach the gospel, you're going to go live the gospel. It's that heart. That's the heart of God. He, he is desperate for love. He's desperate to enter into covenant with people. And so he did something where we had disqualified ourselves. We had put ourselves out of the picture. He says, no, 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 you don't understand. I am going to do the most mad proposal you've ever seen. I'm going to put to shame every other proposal that ever was. I'm going to do something so radical that when you really see it, you'll go, oh, my gosh. Okay, I want in, right? That's the gospel. That, that's the heart of God. And so here Jesus is pointing us to that moment and he's saying, hey, guys, I want you to know that in this moment that happened 2000 years ago that we know, but we're reading it today, there is a meal for you. 
that's an ongoing meal. And I just want to keep reading. Look, so the Jews disputed like they're, they're, some of you are wrestling with this with this concept just like they are. And they said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the, the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Say no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. This is before John 15, where he talks about abiding in the vine. So abiding in the vine has to do with eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Keep reading. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, that... that that connotates a, a continual eating of the Son of Man, not a one-time event. Do you see how tragic it is that we've turned the cross into a one-time event for believers? 98% of believers don't know that the cross is a meal that's meant to sustain you every single day of your Christian life. Guys, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's why the church is emaciated and doesn't look like the head. Because she doesn't know how to eat. If I eat a breakfast taco later today, which I plan on doing in auto at Taco Deli, I'm going to smash it. I will feel energy. No, listen, what happens scientifically is that auto, the black beans, the avocado, the doña sauce, the flour tortilla, the Monterey Jack, it converts into energy in my body. So I leave, and about 30 minutes later, I'm like, wow, like, let's do this thing, right? If I don't eat, if I don't eat, I don't have that energy. Here's the problem with your spiritual life. You feel like, ah, oh, I, feel, I feel numb. I feel lethargic. I feel apathetic. It's because you haven't been eating. Wow. You can't eat the bread of God and not feel this like, in the fire of God, like presence of God pulsating through your veins, communing from the very love of God. So we have to, we're desperate to learn to eat. I want to teach you to eat from God. I want to teach you to eat and to receive his flesh into your being. You say, well, how do I do it? What, what does that mean? Because it is, it's, it can be abstract, right? Are you with me? Eating his flesh and drinking his blood can feel abstract. And here's what I want to show you. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, A, there's a meal always that's available when you remember this cross. Now, what was, the, what was the purpose? What was he trying to tell us by dying on the cross? What do we know? What's the, what's the big picture of the cross? What did he want to say to us? I love you, right? It was the, it was the clearest picture of love. And here's what God's saying. In this moment, how many of you or how many of us deserved God's love? What does the Bible say in Romans 5.8? He demonstrates his love for us that while we were sinners, he died for us. So he's purposely saying, hey, I want you to know something. When I died on this cross and decided to tell you and the whole world that I love you, I wanted you to know something as well. I wanted you to know that the entire world was in full rebellion against me and there was nothing in them that deserved my love. Now, here's what he's saying in that. And here's where it comes to you. Because I can tell you this. I can tell you that God loves you today. I could tell every one of you. I've told you this. I've already told you. I tell you a bunch. God loves you. But here's what happens. When, when you are bigger than God, 
you allow what you think of yourself to be higher than what God thinks of you. You allow your assessment of yourself to be bigger than God. And in that way, Jesus is no longer Lord. Here, here's what he's saying in the cross. I want you to see this. This, this is it. You, this is the whole price of tuition. I promise you. I promise you. Here's what he wanted to tell you in the cross. He's saying, I have authority as God to love who I want to love, regardless of whether you think you deserve it or not. He's saying, I'm, I'm God. I'm Lord. I have authority to bestow my love and affection upon whoever I want to bestow my love and affection upon, and you can't do anything about it. Your rebellion, your doing good, it can't touch the fact that He loves you and He's chosen to reveal His love and His authority as one who loves humanity no matter what. And when you accept that for you, like here's the thing. Some of you are like, well, how do I, I don't, you know, listen, he's Lord. Does he have permission? Like what if he wanted to tell you like, hey, he's come, he walks in the room, he says, hey, I love you 100%. And he talks to you by name. And you bring up the list of things that that you think, and, and they may be rightfully wrong. Do you hear what I'm saying? You may be stuck in some stuff right now. You may be doing some stuff that's wrong, that's producing death in you. It doesn't discount that. The sin will produce death in you, right? Here's here's what I want to tell you, though, is that God has the authority to love you. And in his Godhead, apart from you, he's allowed to love you full 100% if that's what he wants to do. That's what he did right here. He chose to love humanity. Humanity was in full sin and rebellion. And that's the whole power of the cross is that he, he revealed His authority to love people apart from people. It, it was not conditional. His love was unconditional. When I say apart from people, I mean, you, like, when you do good, you can't make Him love you more. He is love. He is love. He can't change. His nature doesn't change. When you start walking righteously, you don't change the nature of God. And as I'm preaching Jesus, that's the revelation of Jesus. He's going, I change not. I am love, and you can't touch my love. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to love you. I'm going to passionately pursue you and love you until my love overtakes you. Because he's covenanted here to be your advocate and to help you overcome all sin and wickedness and all of the fall of man. He's not, his love will never leave you how he found you. This is not, you, people get afraid of this message because they think, well, if he just loves me all the way and I'm in my sin, he's condoning my sin. You have no idea. <laughs> he's not condoning sin no more than his cross condoned sin. Are y'all with me? His cross didn't condone sin. He, he conveyed His love to humanity in the midst of their sin, not to condone their sin, but to bring them powerfully out of it. And the only way you grow up and are strengthened and overcome sin is by eating and receiving His love. You say, what is it? You, so here's the, here's the big aha. What does it look like to eat the, the bread of God? What does it look like to drink His blood? It looks like receiving His love. 
taking in his love. Because the hardest thing for all of us to do, the reason why you don't feel loved, is because you haven't taken in his love. Love is, love is real. Love is an experience. It really is, guys. And I want to build your faith. And there's no condemnation. There's no shame. Like, if your heart feels numb to God, He loves you. He really does. There, there's, it's not a feeling. Hmm? It's not a feeling. It's knowing. It's a knowing, but it, it, it necessarily is an experience. You, you, it's an experience. You can you can be you can you can be loved and not have a feeling, but but it it comes with it, it's real. I guess I, I want to say it that way. It's real. It's not a perceived love. It's a real love. And oftentimes, many times, you will experience and feel His love. And I want to tell you this: it is His delight and His intention that you experience and feel His love, because the kingdom is righteousness. Peace and joy. Peace and joy are feelings. Fear is a feel. If I have peace, I feel peaceful. I'm not running around pulling my hair out going, I'm peaceful. No, no, peace is peace. Joy is joy. It's a feeling. I feel joyful, right? So his love in relationship, when you, when you eat, here's how you know you're eating from God. You begin to experience God. You begin to experience his love. What if I were to tell you that I love you? Peter, I'm, you know me. I'm sitting here, and I tell you I love you. How do you receive my love? Relationship. Yeah. So the question is how you receive love. Love, love is given. Love is given. So if I, let's say, let's say I really do love you, but you didn't believe I loved you. <coughs> not acknowledging my love and not believing that I love you hinders the flow of my love actually touching you. Like right now, if I told you, hey, bro, I really, I really do love you. And if I got to know you, whatever you need, I'd help you. When you acknowledge that to be true and you go, I believe him. What happens is you receive what I just conveyed. It's, it's, it's acknowledging it to be true, even though you don't know if it's true. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's the point is God has a, in his Godhead, in his authority, he has spoken and he's saying, I love you. You say, how do I receive it? You acknowledge that he has the authority to love you <laughs> and that he's chosen to love you. You're like, how do I know? He's pointing you to this moment. Here he gives you bread to eat. And when you say, okay, something happens real, real life. In the same way when I eat that breakfast taco, real life, it's going to convert to energy. When you receive his love and you feed on his love all day long, you receive spiritual life and nourishment. But the reason why we don't feel strengthened spiritually is because we're not receiving His love. And so practically what I do, I'm going to get to you. What I do is I spend time. You want to know how do I eat? How do I drink? I take time. So I'm just make it real practical. I take time. Put a time on it. Let's say 30 minutes. Let's get as practical as we can. This can change. And what do I do? I remember this moment. I'll take 30 minutes to remember the cross. What do you mean 30 minutes to remember? I'll take 30 minutes and I'll just do this. And I'll think about, I'll, I'll think about the cross specifically. I'll hear the dink, dink, dink. Nails going into his hands. 
I'll think about when, when his stripes were upon his back. I'll think about the, the warm blood coming out of it. I'll think about his breathing and the spirit will take me there. And what I do is I'm actually remembering that it was all of those little things in that moment that he wanted to tell me that he loved me. And so what happens is, can I just be real honest? When I remember that, and here's what happens. So I'm, I come, and I'll tell you, I don't, I don't feel loved. I'll wake up in the morning sometimes, and I don't feel loved. I don't feel loved. But I know I'm loved, but I don't feel loved. If I take time to remember, and I go, God, I don't feel loved. As soon as I remember and I go to this cross... It is so hard to remain in unbelief when you actually go there and you remember and you like try telling God, try going to the cross. Try this in your spirit, in your imagination. Try going to him on the cross, bleeding out and going, I don't believe you love me. (laughs) Try it. Try to tell him you don't believe that he loves you. And watch what happens to your heart. And what happens as I remember, as I remember, and I thank God, and I commune with what He did, I want to tell you something. There is a meal, and and it is no less real than the feeling of feeling full when I eat a breakfast taco. I can tell when I've eaten when I haven't eaten. Uh, you're, You're satisfied or you're not. How many of you like fasting? Not me. I like to eat. And when I eat, I feel satisfied. When I eat of God, I feel loved. I feel loved. I'm like, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And yes, there's seasons where you rely and you trust and you know that He loves you and you may not feel it in that moment. But it doesn't, He's saying, but there's a meal, come eat. Anytime, come eat. So, it's not homework, it's a practical exercise. Take, take 30 minutes to an hour. I want you to remember, I want you to remember God. I hope you enjoyed this episode of our podcast. For more resources, visit braveheartministries.org.